Welcome to the PCOS Girls Podcast. I'm Bridget Warren, founder of PCOS to Wellness and creator of Sisterhood and Mamahood Teas. And I'm Melissa Christie, founder of PCOS Pathways and creator of the PCOS Journal. And guys, we are not doctors. We are just two women with PCOS who love reading about it, talking about it, writing about it, basically just oversharing about it. (laughs) So we recommend you find a health practitioner you love to support you on your journey. In the meantime, this podcast is all about how we have gone from hormonal messes to motherhood, the simple changes we've made to improve our PCOS, and the ups and the downs of living with this complex condition. Let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to the PCOS Girls podcast. I'm Mel, and I'm here with Bridge. Hi. Hi. <laughs> uh, today we're going to talk all about inositol. You. <laughs> I can't believe we haven't done a, a topic on this already because I, I feel like everybody um, talks about it. <laughs> Literally. Um, but I think it's so worth talking about because I feel like people know some of the stuff that it does, but it, maybe it does a bit more than people realize. And yeah. I was really blown away by some of the stuff I learned about it last year. So I'm so excited to talk about it. Oh, I'm so excited to hear what you have to say because (laughs) I feel like as well, like I feel like there's some basic stuff that a lot of us sort of already know or associate Mm -hmm. inositol with if you're in the PCOS world. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's like a whole bunch of other stuff that like, you know, even myself recently have come to light to, to understand. And I know you've got some really cool things to throw out in this um, ep as well. So it's going to be very, very beneficial. I think if you have PCOS, but I just mm-hmm. also feel like there's some stuff in here that might not even necessarily be related to PCOS directly. That yes, is so going to be so applicable to like anyone who's like interested in fertility, <laughs> all this kind of stuff. So stay tuned for that. hundred <laughs> percent. And definitely if you're somebody listening and you have an irregular cycle oh. or you don't know if you're ovulating, struggling to ovulate, or you're trying to conceive, this is going to yeah. be really interesting yeah. for you for sure. One thousand percent. Anyway, what's been going on? <laughs> um, oh, great question. I knew you were going to ask me and I still don't have an answer. <laughs> I just feel okay. like so much always, but actually mm. some exciting things. I'm currently working okay. on a new product and I'm oh. just loving, I love this stuff because I love like the real creative aspects of when you're doing product development. I love like mm-hmm. everything from the creative to the actual um, the formulation because I work with a herbalist and naturopath to do the the formulations mm-hmm. um, and then I te- like I personally taste test them all and then I give them to like my friends and family to taste test and I just love the whole process. Mm-hmm. Like it's just a really, really fun process for me. That um, does sound fun. It's really long. <laughs> it's a long <laughs> process. But yeah, I feel like sometimes you've been like this has been two years in the making. Oh, one of them is still like nearly three years at this point and it's just because I'm not happy I have honest honestly one of those products I have about 17 different formulations and I'm still not happy with them and it comes like quite expensive as well right because every time Mm. you do a formulation you have to pay for it um and then when you also have like herbalist and a naturopath and stuff involved like all of that costs a lot of money as well so that's why I I only go in and do things when I and I Mm. like have to be 100% ready and 100% happy with the product before I launch it um it really speaks to like your integrity with your business and Mm. with these products though but I couldn't imagine not doing it like it's really important to me (laughs) because they're products that I want for myself that's Mm. where you know 
that's where it gets really uh, hard for me as well because I get so emotionally caught up in the product because it's products that I know that I want for myself and therefore I know that other people struggling with what I'm struggling with or going through the same things that I'm going through or trying to Mm. reduce the symptoms the same as that I've got will want this product and it has to work for that reason. So, But the issue I've got at the moment is um, Mm. like everything in the whole world, prices (laughs) have gone up so much for everything, right? But like in my world, herbs. So I – and because I'm a stickler for making sure like I have to have and this is non-negotiable for me, the highest quality Mm -hmm. ethically sourced – 100% organic herbs. I will not budge on those things. They are things I will not compromise on. And Mm -hmm. getting organic at the moment is like pulling teeth because Mm -hmm. uh, just everyone, because of all the weather issues and the bugs and everything like this. And I source my herbs from all around the world, from all different Mm -hmm. suppliers, you know, that they've had to go and use chemicals on their herbs because the bugs have become really bad or because things weren't Mm -hmm. growing as well or whatever it is. So Mm -hmm. now just trying to get that organic and there's one particular herb in general that I'm finding extremely hard to source, but I think I have just found it. But of course it's like three times the price of what it was like three years ago. Right. So yeah, it's just this like dilemma. And then I, I have to weigh up, like, do I raise my prices or do I keep them the same? Because I want people, it want it to be accessible to people still. And then mm. it's, it's just like a real thing. You have to go back and forth and like, I, I have to take a step back sometimes and go, well, you know, it is still a business. It still has to be worthwhile running, but at the same time, it's really important to me that I stick by my values, that it's accessible for people and that it's mm. something I'm really proud to put out. So that's just, that's currently a little like behind the scenes of what's going on. I hadn't planned to talk about that, but there you go. <laughs> well, do you know what? I think if anybody is going to figure it out and can figure it out, it's definitely you. You're <laughs> so know. amazing at this stuff. And also like, like you say, like things have to be really like, it has to be sustainable for you as well. So like your prices have to reflect that. That's, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And like they, yeah. are, I have over the years really slowly mm-hmm. increased the price and it hasn't mm-hmm. even, no one's even like flinched. I've never been queried on it. Like, you know, I'm talking mm-hmm. like 10 cents here, 15 cents there, like quite yeah. small amounts. But mm-hmm. yeah, the world's just really changing. And, yeah. you know, even myself, I'm getting emails all the time from brands being like, hey guys, like heads up, we're raising our prices we haven't wanted to do it. We've held off for two years, but just with everything going on, it's no longer sustainable for us to keep mm. the prices. I get it. Like I get mm. it. You know, they yeah. have a business to run. It's either that or there's no product, you know, and I'd rather yep. have the product. So yeah, absolutely. But that's just, you know, things that you have to weigh up when you're doing business. And I would hate to also look back and be like, oh, I should have done, I should have changed my price, you know, mm. two years ago. And now it's a, mm-hmm. a not a viable business and I can't afford to do it anymore. And I have to shut the whole thing down. So there's just like totally. so many things you have to think about. But at the end of the day that I know that, uh, you know, 30 cents here or there isn't really going to stop someone from buying the product if that's no. what they want. And like that's right. with all the PCOS to wellness co-products, like I think, you know, you buy, you're buying them because they're a premium product. Like that's yeah. it, hand. Like that's the end of story, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, that's really where I'm going to stick with that. But it is hard, and it is, you know, mm-hmm. I'm so open to ideas as well, guys. If anyone has any <laughs> ideas or anything that they are really interested in, or some new herbs have come across, or anything, like let me know because I'm always, I'm so, I want to know what you guys want. That's super important mm. to me, and I think in any business, tell tell the business what you want because they mm. want to make what you want. Like that's it, end of story. Yeah. So true. Anyway, <laughs> tell me what's going on with yours. You've got some business news. Well, I do, of. yeah. I've had it for a while, just totally forgot to talk about it last week <laughs> on the podcast. But, yeah, I started PCOS Fertility Coaching over Woo-hoo. the summer. Yes. I just feel like it's been such a long time coming and I'm just stoked because – 
I mean, obviously I knew I wanted to do it or I wouldn't have studied for it and, and done it. But um, <laughs> I, I, also, so. I also, you know, ultimately could never know if it was something I would actually enjoy until I actually tried doing so it. So true. Um, and I've just loved it even more than I thought I would. So That's awesome. I'm just over the moon. It's like this whole new element of my life and my world. And, um, yeah, it's been really quite amazing. So yeah, I've just been doing like one-to-one, um, coaching and, but I'm currently, uh, looking at bringing in some group coaching as well. So yeah, very exciting. Oh, (laughs) so guys hit her up. If anyone needs some fertility PCOS coaching, Mel's a gal. Can't recommend (laughs) anyone more highly. Like you are just so knowledgeable. And I think your personality and nature is so suited to being a coach. Thank like, you. I just really feel that <laughs> deep in my core. Like you oh, are thanks. particularly like fertility coaching is really sensitive. PCOS coaching is. is really sensitive. Like you're, mm-hmm. you're dealing with people that are going through probably one of the hardest times in their life or yep. something that they're so emotional about. This is such a big thing for them. And I feel like you would really step in not only as like a super informative, supportive person, but you also bring that nurturing element that I think is so like, I don't know. That's just like priceless. Thanks. Yeah, I feel that. And I think also having been through it myself, like having PCOS, empathy, lost a baby and, you know, had my own fertility journey. It's like, um, I get it, I suppose. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I can really like relate. I guess that's been really nice. Yeah. So my website pcospathways.com forward slash PCOS fertility coaching. I actually haven't had to say that. I was like, oh, do I know the URL? I don't know. Um, But it's also just like in the link in my bio on Instagram or whatever as well. So yeah. Exciting. If you're wanting to regulate your cycle or if you're trying to conceive or also if you're planning to conceive, like Mm. if you're wanting to conceive a year from now, this is a great time to start the whole journey for yourself. So a hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Let's get into Let's do it. Let's do it. As a big thank you for listening to our little podcast and for being a part of our very special PCOS Girls community, we've created a discount code that you guys can use for any of our products. Head to PCOSToWellness.com for Bridget's products or PCOSPathways.com for my products and enter in the code PCOSGirls15 for 15% off. That's P-C-O-S-G-I-R-L-S-1-5. Love you guys. All right. So I think lots of people know that inositol is really helpful for um, insulin resistance. So maybe that's where we should start. Mm, Definitely. Well, I mean, Mm. first of all, like, do you even know what inositol is, Mel? (laughs) Do you know what? I was trying to find that out today because I thought, <laughs> wait, what is it? And it actually was referred to as so many different things. Yes. But do you know the answer for real? Well, I mean, my understanding of it is, and I have done quite a bit of research into it. Okay. But from, I guess, the, the basic way I can explain it is it's like a, it's a natural type of sugar. It's a specifically yeah. like a sugar alcohol. Um, yeah. Is that yeah, first I saw, yeah, I saw alcohol, I saw sugar, and I saw also terms that I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I've never read that word before. 
just to be honest. <laughs> You're like, well, scrub that one. We won't be talking about that one. Oh, that so but funny. the last one I saw was sugar and I was like, cool, I can say that. Yeah, yeah. Which, you know, like when you think about it, when I've actually had it, which can I say, guys, was many, many years ago. I haven't had it recently. But when I had it, I always used to think it was quite sweet. So mm. there you go. And I also didn't realize it was a natural product and mm. it wasn't. Yeah, so it's, it is a natural product, which I think is really mm-hmm. nice too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's actually found in some foods, not many. It's quite a small little list. Uh, it's found in things like grainy breads, dried prunes, cantaloupe. Do you call it cantaloupe, Mel? Cantaloupe, like uh, rock melon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I definitely wondering. say rock melon. What do you say? Cantaloupe. Do you say can- That's Australian. Doing? That's an Australian word. No, it can't be. I'm pretty sure it is. I feel like it's American and rock melon is an Australian word. Oh, my God. Okay, guys, let us know. What- <laughs> Please let us know. <laughs> I wrote down cantaloupe and then I was like, I'm going to get grilled for sure. Like I have to <laughs> I have to acknowledge it before someone else does. Um, beans, <sighs> peas, almonds, randomly also peanut butter. But mm-hmm. the, it's in quite small amounts. And the other thing to keep in mind is that inositol is like an umbrella term because there's actually nine different inositols. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the ones that we will be specifically talking about is the d and myo-inositol ones because yeah. they're the ones that actually help uh, with PCOS. And they're, they're also the ones that have been studied for PCOS. So mm-hmm. if you are just buying, like this is where you have to be a little bit careful as well, is it like if you're just buying a supplement that says inositol on it and you're mm-hmm. getting it for the purposes of helping with your PCOS, you do want to double check what inositols it actually is and is it in the correct ratios, which is the 40 to 1 ratio because mm-hmm. that is what is has been studied. So that's what we know works. So that's myo-inositol is the 40 and then the d-chiro-inositol is the 1. Correct, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so – and I – do always see inositol just sitting on shelves in health food stores. And yeah, it doesn't yeah. specify what it is. So I just thought I'd put that out mm. there because I think uh, we hear inositol all the time. We don't often hear about the, the different types. We don't mm. often hear about the two specific types of PCOS and we don't always hear about the ratio. Um, there is certain products that actually now like give you the correct ratio when you buy it. So it's like mm-hmm. pre-made for you. There's a few brands out there. We're not going to like specifically spruik any certain brands because, you, you know, you guys do your research and have a look at what's out there. The other thing is that it's often referred to as vitamin B8. Have you come across that? No. So, yeah, so it's vitamin quite weird. Vitamin B8. B8, yeah. yeah. I've like never even heard yeah. of that. Yeah, well, I mean, technically it's not a vitamin. So it's just like this sort of term mm. that's been thrown around because it's uh, close to to B vitamins. Like that's what it's like sort of closest to. However, because we, our own bodies make it, it's not Mm. really a vitamin. Does that make Mm. sense? Because our bodies can make it itself. Now the problem we have when we have PCOS Mm. is, um, well, I mean, it's different for everyone, but let's say the majority of PCOS, the majority (laughs) of women who have PCOS will often find themselves being insulin resistant. Um, Mm. It's super common. And I think like that's when we come across a lot of the issues like the weight issues, Um, you know, also it's really, really highly linked to all the testosterone stuff as well. And the reason being is I guess we need to understand insulin first. So insulin is a hormone that's secreted by your pancreas and it actually helps to lower your blood glucose levels, which is extremely important because the whole reason that we see, you know, these issues in PCOS is because they have insulin resistance. Am I making sense or am I going all over the place here? You're making sense to me. Okay, perfect. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's great. Basically, it means that um, like if you have insulin resistance, your body isn't 
uh, isn't responding to insulin effectively and therefore doesn't uh, produce enough insulin. Does that, is that making sense? Am I making sense here? <laughs> I, I think so. I think I sometimes okay. think of it in a different way though, but. Well, how do you think sense. of it? I think about the cells. Yes, um, becoming, well, it is. Yeah, yeah, unable to accept the insulin in, into them. That's yeah. where I guess I more think about. And then therefore, well, I think the insulin needs to go into them for them to be able to accept the sugar into them and all the glucose. 1000%. Yeah. I guess I did, I, I kind of figured that might be a little bit too confusing but yes that's exactly what it is so it's like communication between the cells Mm. it's like messages that's happening between the cells and we Mm. have issues like the the messages aren't sort of getting through it's not being uptaked like there's there's some issues Mm. going on um Mm. so anyway why the myoinositol and the decaroinositol are so good for this is because Mm. they have insulin mimicking properties which essentially Mm. means that they can act very, very similar to insulin and help to lower our blood glucose levels. Are you going where I'm going? so interesting. Yeah, 100%. So it's the myo and the decaroinositols specifically Mm. that have been studied Mm. for their ability to help with insulin sensitivity. Um, And so Mm. it's therefore like they're the ones that are recommended for PCOS. Mm. So that's why I really, really want to hone that home. Like if you're looking at inositol, make sure you're looking at the myo and the decaro in the ratios of 40 to 1 because they are the ones that are actually going to help. They're the ones that have been studied. Mm. Um, I did. I I did. Oh, yeah. You go. I just was going to say I read that the D chiro is particularly important yes. in um, in the whole insulin resistance um, benefit there. So definitely if you're using it for this purpose, mm. that 40 to 1 ratio is really important. It is really important. And also mm. D chiro is the one that we're quite often seen as being more deficient in as well mm. if you have PCOS. So that's mm. really the one that you want to be looking at. It's also um, the one that's really associated with helping to significantly lower free testosterone. Right. So that's why the decaro is really, really important. Mm. But as an aside, I mean, I know in Australia you can't just buy decaro and osetol, but in, if you can in other countries, I do want to say that it's not a good idea to just take decaro and osetol yeah. because too much decaro and osetol um, has other effects. Like it actually decreases egg quality. So this is why the 40 to 1 ratio it's is so important. It's for real. It yeah. really does matter. <laughs> yeah, and the, the decaro is the one as well. So it's the yeah. less of that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it is super important. The ratio is super important. But what they have found is it's the decaro that we are quite deficient in uh, mm. quite a lot. So it is really interesting, like, when you get into all this stuff. The other thing that I wanted to mention, Mel, before you get into your stuff, because I know your stuff is is the, probably the stuff that people haven't heard. I know mm. a lot of women uh, who have PCOS or people who have PCOS understand that somehow the inositol is related to insulin <laughs> yeah. resistance. but. What we don't hear a lot of is that it can also be helpful for lean PCOS. And I, I think that doesn't get brought mm. up a lot is because I think we, uh, we, we immediately think insulin resistance, blood sugar levels, we're looking at weight issues. We're looking at weight management, we're looking at obesity, we're looking at all that kind of stuff, which is mm-hmm. true absolutely to an extent. However, it can also really be beneficial who, to people who have lean PCOS and I am one of those people. Mm. And the reason being is that, um, as I said before, it can also really, really help with reducing the free testosterone, which is what Mm. gives us all those symptoms like the acne, the hair loss, Mm -hmm. the hirsutism, 
all the issues with ovulation, like all this kind of stuff. So it is still really beneficial. So don't discount it if you have lean PCOS or if you have a PCOS type that isn't necessarily insulin resistant. So inflammatory, adrenal, post-pill, obviously a bit different, but you know, the other two for sure, like it's still Mm. super beneficial. Yeah. So, and there's even been studies that have shown that um, in the lean PCOS, mm-hmm. that the D inositol resulted in a 73% reduction in free testosterone <laughs> and induced ovulation in up to 60% of the people, which is just huge. Wow. <laughs> that is amazing. Isn't it? It's crazy. Yeah, really crazy. I actually, yeah, I didn't try. I'm, I've only just started taking it myself in the last, I don't know, six weeks or something like that for a similar reason in that. I just never tested positive for having insulin resistance. So I was just always like, well, that's mostly for insulin resistance. So I'll just leave it. Mm. But no, like so many other benefits exactly um, that I wish I knew about back then. I know. Well, um, let's hear yours. I want to hear them. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm going to focus in on this big one. Um, I really want to try and convey it concisely, but also I find this interesting, like so, so interesting. And so I do also want to really share it all with you. But okay, so... One of the hormones that's really important in our cycle is follicle-stimulating hormone, FSH. And one of the reasons it's so important is because when it's produced by the pituitary gland, it sends this message to your ovaries to start maturing follicles. And follicles are in your ovaries and every follicle you have has got an egg in it. And it tells the ovary to begin maturing follicles and and then one of those follicles will become the dominant follicle that actually ovulates your egg. Um, so follicle stimulating hormone is super super, impo- super important for that process. Um, but what happens in most people actually with PCOS who have an irregular cycle is that we have high luteinizing hormone. I feel like in the past you've said that you've never had high luteinizing hormone or is it that you've never tested it? I'm not sure. I've never. Oh, no, I had tested it. It was just Mm. not ever really an issue just because my testosterone was the the main thing. It was My testosterone was literally off the scale. Like, like it was like so far up that they were like, we don't even know where to put this. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Um, Okay. So what they've found is actually with PCOS, this LHFSH ratio, if you have an irregular cycle and PCOS, it's really central. And this is where I'm like, oh, I'm getting into so much detail, but I think I'm going to do it because I think it's really worthwhile. So we have this gland in our brain called the hypothalamus and it produces this hormone called gonadotropin releasing hormone GnRH and the way it releases it is in pulses and it sends these pulses of GnRH to your pituitary gland and if the pulse rate is nice and slow it'll tell the pituitary gland to create FSH hormone but if the pulse rate is faster it tells the pituitary gland to release luteinizing hormone and luteinizing hormone is super important for us but if we have too much of it throughout our follicular phase like from your period through to ovulation it really messes up our cycle and has this really awful like flow-on effect with our hormones and what they've found is that people with PCOS often have a GnRH pulse rate that's too fast. And a lot of the time it's genetic. We're born that way. It can happen when um, when we're in the womb, if our mum had high androgens or was exposed to a lot of toxins and chemicals and things like that. Um, 
And there's other things that can also cause you to have this fast pulse rate. But basically, if we if our pulse rate is fast throughout that follicular phase, it means that our luteinizing hormone is higher than our follicle stimulating hormone throughout that phase when it should be just equal. And so what happens is when, when FSH is at its normal level and LH is at its normal level, the FSH tells the ovary to mature follicles and one of them will become a dominant follicle and will ovulate. But when LH is dominant, the LH sends a message to your ovary to produce androgens. And a small amount is fine. Like we always have a small amount of androgens that we produce. But when your LH is high, it's telling your ovary to produce more androgens. Um, and that's a problem because the higher androgens obviously cause all of our symptoms in PCOS. But it also has this feedback loop where androgens then tell your hypothalamus to speed up your pulse rate of GNRH, which makes you have more LH and your follicle stimulating hormone is even lower. And so, and the other thing LH does is it tells your ovary to produce estrogen. So then we start getting too much estrogen in our system and too much estrogen also sends a message to the hypothalamus to speed up the GnRH pulse rate. And it's this horrible like cycle. And what happens to the, the follicles is because they're not receiving enough FSH from the pituitary gland, the follicles like mature, sorry, there's one thing I forgot to mention. It's not just one follicle that matures in your cycle. There's several of them and just there's only one that becomes dominant. Yeah. But if you're not getting enough FSH to your ovary, all of those follicles that are maturing, like none of them become the dominant one and they all just kind of peter out and then your ovary tries to release more follicles and it, it tries to mature another one, but it just, it just can't because there's too much LH and not enough FSH. And this is actually why we have polycystic ovaries because they're not cysts on the ovaries, they're, they're follicles, it's like polyfollicular. And so when we see that we've got lots of cysts or follicles on the ovaries, it's because our ovaries are trying to produce a um, dominant follicle and just can't. Now where myoinositol comes in, and this is a funny one because we've been talking about the 40 to 1 ratio, but actually it is just myoinositol that is that plays this part, which is really interesting for this element. Myoinositol sensitizes your ovary to FSH. So it makes it so that even if you've only got a small amount of FSH coming to the ovary, the ovary feels like there's more of it. And so it gives the ovary more of an opportunity to actually mature a dominant follicle so that you can actually ovulate. Am I making sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Okay. And so... The coolest part about that, I mean, obviously that's really cool because it can help you to ovulate, but when we ovulate, the follicle that like ruptured and released the egg, that follicle doesn't just peter away like all those other ones. It actually turns into our corpus luteum, which is this fully fledged um, like uh, organ that we create every time we have a cycle. It grows up to like five to 10 centimeters. And the corpus luteum is where we make progesterone. It's the only way that our body makes progesterone is from this organ that we only create if we ovulate. 
And what progest and so the corpus luteum is formed because we've ovulated and it produces progesterone. And what progesterone does is it sends a message up to our hypothalamus saying, okay, you've ovulated, it's time to slow down your pulse rate again. Because Sorry, again, I missed another little thing, but (laughs) right around ovulation, we are actually supposed to release a surge of luteinizing hormone. It's a good thing. And and we have this pulse rate speed up for that. Um, So yeah, after we ovulate, the progesterone sends a message up there saying like, okay, we've ovulated, you can slow down, you don't need to be so fast. So ovulation actually helps our body to slow that pulse rate back down and and balance our hormones. Like ovulation is one of the best things we can do for balancing our hormones. Mm. And so myo-inositol is so amazing because it actually gives our, our ovary the chance to ovulate and then produce the progesterone that then can have a, like a positive feedback loop, slowing down that pulse rate. Does Love this make it. sense? <laughs> yeah, it it's extremely complex. But I, know. I think that it's probably going to be new knowledge to most people. So mm. I feel like we might as well give it its full, you know, shining light and really explain <laughs> it because it's in, so interesting. And when you're talking about that, it makes so much sense because we know that the LH to FSH ratios in women with PCOS are a big factor. So mm. this is huge. Like this could really, really change someone's entire journey with PCOS. Absolutely. Well, there's like sort of fairly new research papers out about PCOS and how to handle PCOS. And myoinositol is a first line of defense Yes, it has the benefits of what we've been saying with the insulin resistance and everything, but actually this is its central role mm. because they've found that that a fast GNRH pulse rate is actually central to most people with PCOS. So, and this is a direct sort of treatment for that. And there's there's another treatment as well, but yeah, um, that's not what this episode's about. So, yeah, um, it's pretty yeah, amazing. I also read um, somewhere along the lines, and I don't actually have the study in front of me, but it was about how they also believe that the myoinositol and thecarinositol help the quality of the eggs as well. Yes. Have yep. you come across that? Yeah, I have. Egg quality and embryo quality yeah, as well. Yeah, wow. Mm. See, that's huge. But that's where I read that too much of the D-chiro inositol actually decreased egg quality. So yeah. it has to be in the ratio. Yeah, makes complete sense. Yeah, it does. This episode is brought to you by Sisterhood Tea. Hi guys, it's Bridget Warren, the founder of PCOS to Wellness and creator of Sisterhood Tea. Sisterhood Tea is a powerful blend of herbs that has been specifically created by me to help other women like me who may be experiencing the many frustrating symptoms of PCOS and other hormonal imbalances, which affect so many women. Every ingredient in Sisterhood is 100% natural and has a purpose. And most importantly, the ratio of each herb has been carefully weighed out to ensure the perfect amount is added into each bag to make it an easy and accessible way for you to manage your symptoms every day. And don't worry, I promise it tastes nice too. Sisterhood Tea is a powerful holistic alternative and is suitable for all women, but has been specifically designed to help support women who may be experiencing symptoms of PCOS and other hormonal imbalances, women who've been on the contraceptive pill or are coming off the contraceptive pill, problematic skin conditions such as acne and dermatitis, fertility issues, 
weight management, hair loss and hirsutism, moodiness, bloating and menstrual cramps, and of course, regulating the menstrual cycle. Sisterhood Tea is 100% natural, organically grown where possible, vegan, and hand-blended and packaged in Australia. The results and hundreds of testimonials for Sisterhood Tea are honestly just incredible. And some of the most inspiring stories include clearing up stubborn acne, growing back hair loss, regulating their period, and even successful pregnancies after years of trying everything else. We call them our little sisterhood babies. So if you want to find out more about Sisterhood Tea or read some more of the amazing testimonials, head over to PCOS2Wellness.com where I ship worldwide. I just want to say quickly as well, back on the insulin resistant thing, because it is probably the most commonly talked about thing in terms of inositol and its use. And Mm. I know that a lot of people who have PCOS get uh, prescribed metformin, which is Mm. to help obviously with that blood sugar balance and a couple of other things to do with PCOS. Mm. Highly recommend looking into inositol, the myo-inositol, decaro-inositol in the 40 to 1 ratios before Mm. trying metformin because Mm. it's actually now studies are saying that it was originally that it uh, worked as well as. There's now studies saying that it works even better than and it's a natural Thing that generally speaking has pretty much little to no side effects as opposed to metformin, which is a pharmaceutical and absolutely does have some negative side effects. So mm. if your doctor doesn't or your GP or your health practitioner doesn't uh, recommend or doesn't bring up inositol in your chats and they put you straight on to metformin, bring it up with them and say, hey, mm. I'm going to give this a go first or what do you think of this and just have that conversation with them. Yeah, definitely. Because the other thing is that it's not something that you would do both. Like you wouldn't do them both at the same time. And so it is your choice and up to you, you know, what direction you'd want to go with. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, um, I also read about, um, how beneficial it can be with IVF if you are on an IVF journey. I read this too. Um, This is amazing. There was, I think there's quite a few different studies around, but one of them that I read was that, I don't remember the number of participants, but it was quite large. But um, the those who were – there was, you know, one group using inositol and another group not using inositol. And the group that did um, use it, had 58% of their eggs were retrieved for IVF mm-hmm. versus 42.6% for those who didn't use it. So it just increased the actual quality of the egg, which we kind of already mentioned. But also it resulted in better embryo quality in IVF as well. That's interesting. That's yeah. really interesting. And again, like you don't have to have PCOS for that to be beneficial. So no, that's right. That's a massive one. I love that one. Yeah. I also have read that it can um, help boost the sex hormone binding globulin as well. Mm-hmm. Have you come across that? I did read about it, but I haven't written anything down about it. I just basically there was a study that um, when it was administered for at least 24 weeks, the mm-hmm. myoinositol caused a significant increase in the sex hormone binding globulin um, <laughs> and also might improve the metabolic symptoms associated with PCOS. So mm. could be another really good reason. I mean, there's just so many. <laughs> yeah, like good for cholesterol, good yeah. for high blood pressure. Good for diabetes, that. lowering yeah. your risk of diabetes. Like there's just yeah. so many different things that um, – it can be great for. And obviously, you know, that regular ovulation, we know that women PCOS mm. have quite often irregular ovu- uh, cycles or long cycles and therefore mm. having that irregular ovulation, as you talked about, Mel. And so that's yeah. a really huge one. Like you might be able mm. to 
shorten your cycles, which is massive. (laughs) So huge. And I think the other thing to remember is some, like, I think with anything, there's a period of time that needs to be taken. And the, all the different research studies, you know, have all sorts of different timeframes. But, you know, I definitely would remind people to, you know, when you take a medicine, you know, you might not see a result in a month or mm. anything. I, I mean, I've been on, on it for about six weeks. I wouldn't say I've experienced anything. Yeah. What? Not, well, I have actually experienced one thing, but I don't – I'm not really necessarily saying that's a good thing, but I – um. I've had like a decrease in appetite. Oh, um, okay. But well, that would make sense as well because it's, yeah, it's, it makes moni- so it's much balancing sense. your blood sugar levels. So. It does. But I mean, it's just like, yeah, it's know, a tricky thing. It's saying. just a sensitive thing to yeah, talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm not like, take it, it'll make you eat less. Like, oh my God. Totally. No. Totally. <laughs> not at all. No, for sure. Um, <laughs> but when we have insulin resistance, which I'm just decided, I just simply must, mm. <laughs> just makes sense. Like we can't get that glucose into our cells, so we're hungry. I think we might have talked about this in yeah, the last episode. Yeah. Like it can make us feel ravenous and hungry because our cells are hungry. And so it makes sense that if you take this and you have that issue that you might feel more like satiated by what you're eating 100%. because it's actually getting into the cells. Well, and, and that's mm. like literally <laughs> – one of the symptoms of insulin resistance is being hungry all the time. Yeah. Even exactly. after you've eaten. So <laughs> obviously that if you're everything's becoming more balanced, it is going mm. to work out that you're not going to feel hungry all the time. Yeah. I would say I felt that within a couple of weeks. That's really interesting. Quite fast, yeah. What do they say? This is something I have not looked into and I don't mm-hmm. know. What do they say is the time frame that you should be on this for? Honestly, I don't know. I read a bunch of studies that all had you know, we're all using different time frames, but mm. I don't know, like, you know, obviously the, I think the most famous brand is Ovacetol. Yeah. If you went to their website, it might tell you, but mm. I, I haven't done that myself, but that would be interesting. I do have a study here. Um, it was a small study. It was done on 25 people with PCOS who had um, been struggling to conceive and they took uh, was it the 40 to 1 ratio? I actually don't know if it was the 40 to 1 ratio or not or if it was just myo-inositol, but they experienced um, 88% of them um, experienced at least one spontaneous menstrual cycle during the treatment. Um, 72% of them maintained normal ovulatory activity for six months and 40% of the participants um, got pregnant. Mm. So I think that must have been like a six-month study. So that's pretty – I mean, six months is really not that long to have, like, a really amazing results yeah. like that where 72% of them had normal ovulation, oh, like, within that time That's frame. crazy when they potentially <laughs> have been going years and years with yeah. the symptoms and, this, you know, other things that they've been dealing with. So, mm. yeah, six months in the scheme of that is, is so minimal. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, amazing. I know, it is amazing. And it was, you know what? It was after reading all of this stuff where I was like, I really need to do this. Like it just has so many benefits and that's why I'm here taking it now. Yeah. <laughs> and it really was when I started – because I have an elevated LH-FSH ratio yeah. and so I know that that's at play for me. Mm. And so seeing that this is really one of the most effective things that we can do to bring that ratio back into balance, to bring our LH back down, our FSH back up – I thought, like, hell yeah, I will give 100%, that a go. <laughs> 100%. And, yeah, yeah it's, it's relatively got no side effects. It's natural. Like, there's mm-hmm. just so many pros to it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I guess I think the hardest thing is in Australia is actually getting the product, to be yeah, honest. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I think we talked about this in the last episode. It must have come up. Um, I've gotten onto one that's a bit cheaper, but it's not in that loose powder form like right. everyone would be used to seeing. It, it is in capsules, which would just be the powder in the capsules. Yeah. Um, and it's still the 40 to 1 ratio. Um, I honestly can't remember the brand, um, but... I'm pretty sure I got it off iHerb. Oh, but, yeah. Um, That's where I used to get um, Ovacetol from. But yeah. But it just cost a fortune to It's just so much more expensive, yeah. isn't it? It's so just much crazy. Yeah. Anyway, hopefully this has been helpful <laughs> yes. for you guys. I think it's super interesting and it's <laughs> just like one of those things that you can add. It's like a little extra tool to add to your PCOS journey. You've probably <laughs> heard it all around anyway and it's just hopefully given you a little bit more insight into how it actually works and how it could be helpful potentially. Yeah. Love it. Thanks, guys. Um, Thanks for listening. As always, we're so grateful to you guys. Please let us know if you've got any episode ideas or topics you want us to cover, anything at all, just um, get in touch. You can DM us um, at the PCOS Girls on Instagram or you can put a post in our podcast community on Facebook as well. Yay. So fun. (laughs) Have a good week, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.